What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of SSPN Player Previews. And today, Ethan, we're going to be talking about the man who, you know, maybe we should just, like, if we had any fund of money, bear with me here. If, okay. if the Spurs had a pool of money that they could give to one player on the roster this season for just, like, you're, you're like, taking a bullet here. You're taking the strays for us mm. for the future. It would have to be Zach Collins because he's going to be Wemby's enforcer in the paint. He's going to be protecting our golden boy. I know it took a little bit to get me to that reference, Ethan, but you know what I mean? He really is the guy. He's going to be out there taking yeah. the shots for Wemby. You know what I'm saying? A thousand percent. And we talk about it all the time. He's my favorite fighter on the Spurs. Uh, <laughs> and I think this year he'll finally have the opportunity to, to fully embrace that enforcer role like you were saying. Absolutely, man. You know, it's so funny. We were texting about this earlier today, and I think this is kind of a good good place to start this episode. Zach just went on the road trip and podcast again with Channing Fry and yep. uh, Richard Jefferson about just about three, four days ago, which was perfect timing for this. Um, and one of the things he mentioned in that podcast was that the whole team is taking up boxing after practice. So, and I've seen some videos of Keldon doing some boxing before, and I think I want to say just some other players, Malachi. you know, on right on Instagram, I'd seen it so that's what that is so we got a team full of fighters ethan and, and zach you know he's literally getting them in the ring so you know when chris dunn tries to post up next we, we our guys are gonna have hands i like it i like it too i like it too <laughs> but let's get into this ethan i'm gonna dish it to you um we'll start off with strengths like we did with the other videos what were some of the things coming into this season um that that are strengths for zach collins and even maybe some things because i'm sure a lot of these will be uh that improved last season that turned into strengths right off the bat things that improved were just overall comfortability and strength especially in the low block. Um, I think to two seasons ago and, and a little bit at the beginning of last season, he was kind of getting ragdolled a little too often, uh, pushed out of the paint, um, inability to fight for rebounds and, and fight for post position on offense. And that really kind of flipped for him. I, I don't know if that was just, a, like I said, a comfortability thing or if he literally was getting stronger because he was not you know, in, in game shape because of injuries prior. Um, but he really found his role and was able to be a low post threat at times, especially after Yonka Pertle's departure as a scorer, as well as a facilitator. Uh, and not just in the low block, but in that high post as well. Dribble handoff action where he was able to find backdoor cuts. Um, really DeMontis Sabonis-esque in that, in that um, area of his game. Um, and defensively, I mean, he is a shot blocker at times. Of course, he's going to get you know, postered or bullied because he is still a slender frame at 6'11", uh, but he he has that mentality to go for everything, um, which to me is a strength, even if at times it puts him in, in harm's way. Um, and just like you said, that ability as an enforcer. Last year, he didn't really have to embrace it as much because there was not really a guy for him to protect. It was really just kind of a shake things up if things aren't going well or or defend himself. Um, when when guys were trying to get a little and he too was fancy. he was only in the starting lineup for for half the season as half well. the season as well um so uh, this year with Wemby under his wing I think that will only increase and then lastly as far as strengths are concerned his his ability to stretch the floor and be an efficient three-point shooter um that was something we were kind of like okay low 30 percent that's the mark that we can kind of expect and I think he got up to 37 38 percent by the end of last season, I believe was the number. Um, so shout out to him. He really improved as a three-point shooter. And that's probably just from, like again, comfortability, being out there on the floor, 
building chemistry as a pick and pop threat with Trey Jones, Devin Vassell, Keldon Johnson, and just getting up his his volume. Because um, at times he was only shooting one or two threes a game when he was the backup. That number jumped up to I don't know what the exact stats were, but multiple threes a game. Yeah, I just pulled them up as you were talking. Um, 37.4, so 37.5 was his overall percentage. Uh, That's the highest in his career. You could say his last year in Portland where he played 11 games, it was 36.8, which wasn't too far of a drop-off, but only 11 games. So his the highest volume and the most consistency we've seen throughout his career uh, of him shooting threes. And he took uh, 2.3 game, which was the highest of his career as well. Yeah, efficiency across the board really increased for him. And I think it was Pop kind of giving him the confidence to start looking for his offensive game more often. That was the mental flip for me. Because when Jakob was there, he was really just like there to block shots and and set screens. And then as soon as Jakob was traded, we really opened up his overall game. You know, and we would kind of, as you're saying that, Ethan, not to go back into the old Jakob memory bank, but, you know, we would try to kind of put him on the elbow and like create some passes. And obviously with his European background, you know, he did have some skill there for sure. Mm -hmm. But you can tell that with Zach, that that passing kind of out of that high post, like you mentioned, comes so much more easily, especially at the elbow. That's I mean, we've run so many sets, you know, that post facilitator role, like when you mentioned and compared him to Sabonis. Um, that there's a lot of shades there. And I think the Spurs probably knew that they could unlock that passing side of Zach when they signed him two years ago, as yeah. much as, you know, we didn't have the foresight to see that. Um, and, you know, maybe you didn't get to see it too much in Portland. He does come from Gonzaga, you know, and we just mentioned Sabonis. So we know that, that Mark Few, you know, built playmakers, even, even in the post, you know, even if you want to go to somebody like Drew Timmy, I know he's not never going to be like the type of player that, that Zach will be in the NBA, but all of these bigs that come through Gonzaga have a passing aspect that's drilled into them. And obviously that that's a huge part of the Spurs. So that was my biggest strength, Ethan. The first thing was passing. You know, we talked about it a couple videos ago that uh, there was a tweet from Brett Usher, um, and he was just, it was a compilation, a highlight tape of just Zach passing, you know, bounce passes on cuts, you know, it's like mm-hmm. three and a half minutes of it from last season. And, and once he got in that starting role, that's when that really flourished, because I think on top of everything that you mentioned earlier with, you know, just him getting back comfortable on the court because of his injury and also because of the injury, you know, he hadn't played. Um, so there was getting healthy and then getting comfortable again because mm-hmm. it's been so long, um, Really, I think when he got in that starting role, that's when just everything started to click. Now, granted, the other key context is that latter half of the season, you know, they were playing lesser competition. Um, But at the same time, when you gave him the opportunity, he really started to show that, you know, once he became the starting center. So I love to see that from him. And then also shooting, as you mentioned. I mean, it's just the main thing is that he just he really looked like a consistent three point shooter. And as a center, like a center in the league, if you're shooting 37 and a half on two and a half points or two and a half attempts per game, I know that's I know you could go pull up some of the elite big men shooters. But really, overall, like that's that's pretty solid for the modern NBA um, for just shooting wise for where Zach is at. Um, So to see him get more consistent from the three and just with the way that his he already had a pretty solid jumper. We just kind of need to get the the foundation set. Mm -hmm. Um it just really gave me more confidence for for him as a three-level scorer moving forward. We already know he has a solid mid-range jumper. Um, it, it just creates the pick and pop 
um, and makes that even even more of of a weapon as well as you know him as a catch and shoot guy as well um but but love to see his shooting improve after last year you know getting back on the court having a little bit of struggles there and then the last thing i have here ethan is something you mentioned as well and it's just attitude um and and that's on that's twofold he's a high iq player he doesn't make a lot of mistakes and sometimes when he does make mistakes it's because he's going and getting in a fight with somebody because mm-hmm. he's got that dog in him, you know? Yeah. And so that's why I said that attitude was twofold. He He's never going to back down from anybody, which is why, even though sometimes he does get postered on defense, at least he's actually going and trying to make a play. There's a lot of guys who are just chicken out, and sometimes those will turn into blocks. Um, but more importantly, just having that effort and that motor is beneficial in a multitude of ways. But on top of that, he's a pretty balanced guy. He kind of knows how to, he definitely, he brings that out when it's needed, but mm-hmm. he's also overall a, a really, I, I would consider a high IQ player. Obviously Absolutely. last year, if you just look at stats, that's not a good argument for that. But overall, like you said, he's not a guy who's going out there and just turning the ball over and making a bunch of mistakes. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Well, let's move over to improvements, Ethan. Uh, I'll start off on this one because I I really just have two things, and I think it's going to be similar to you. Um, It's just rebounding and defense. You know, last year we talked about uh, the defensive improvements that we did see throughout the season, and I don't want to dismiss those because we did see – uh, you know, a lot of improvement, especially on the interior and not fouling as we've talked about so much. But when it comes to his role as an enforcer next to Victor Wembenyama, you know, we're going to need you to take that next step. Um, you know, when you're he's going to be the guy who's matching up with Joel. You know, we talked about that on the last Wemby episode, how we're happy he doesn't have to match up with those guys. Those are the guys Zach's going to have to deal with. So and and obviously that was something he had to deal with at the end. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Of last season, um, and, and I don't, he was behind Nurkic his whole time he was in Portland. So this will really be his first time, you know, as a full season you know, having to match up with those guys defensively, you know, some of the, the you know, like a, even a Steven Adams type, yeah. you know, that, that'll be tough for, for a guy like Zach. So, but, but like I said, rebounding in defense with defense still with some improvement, just want to see him kind of take another step and become, you know, an above average defender, not just an average defender. And then with rebounding six and a half boards, Obviously, Wembenyama is going to help with both of these things. Um, but just I think that's fair for a 25 year old center. Now you're the starter. Get closer to 10. I don't think mm-hmm. that's a, you know, maybe just up to eight is a reasonable thing to say. I don't really think we should do exact numbers, but I would just like to see some increases in his rebounding production, considering he's a starter now. Yeah, I would echo your rebounding thing for sure. And a lot of that has to do with strength. So hopefully with another full, healthy offseason, that's something that he's definitely been working on and can kind of boost those numbers up, especially if we don't want Wemby getting banked down low. Like, like sure, he'll have rebounding stats because he's seven foot four, but ideally right. he's not the one fighting for every loose board. That should be Zach Collins. That should be Jeremy Sohan. Um, another thing to go on aside from defense for, for Zach would just be continuing – to improve um, not fouling guys. 
especially now that Victor's going to be playing the four spot. We really need him down there. I know we have Charles Bassey as well. And, um, oh, oh boy, your favorite man in the world. Ken Birch. Yeah, Ken Birch. But <laughs> I don't think – that's not who I'm talking about. I was talking about uh, two, Barlow. Two-way sensation. Yeah, you're talking about Barlow. Barlow. I knew you were talking about Barlow. Yeah, well, yeah we do have Ken Birch <laughs> I, for now. But you, you Got to get still, those in while we can, Ethan. Yeah, yeah. He, he's still going to be pivotal um, rotationally for, for Wemby's growth and really for the overall team's offensive ability because we ran so much through him. Um, he's been so important for us. So him being on the court and available will be the most important thing for him. Yeah, uh, I completely agree. There were just some other notes that I wrote down that I'll read here, and then I'll go to my overall thoughts, Ethan, and dish it to you. Um, so much improved throughout last season on the interior, but he can take another jump and become more of an enforcer with blocks and physicality, specifically in the paint. That would not only just benefit him, you know, with potentially a new contract down the line with with Pop's comments at the end of last season, seeing him as a future five. And I believe this is the last year of his player option or the last year of his contract. This is that last third player option, if you will, because we had one on every season. Um, so it would benefit him in that way. Yeah. It would benefit the team and it would benefit Wembenyama. Um, so, I mean, it's just becoming more of a physical guy, you know, on the interior, as we've mentioned. Um, and then the last thing that I had written down was also just to talk about his lateral movement just as a five. It's pretty solid. It, it improved throughout last season as well. But kind of the same theme with the last one you can still get a little bit better there. There were some times where I saw him get beat off the dribble, but really for a center, his lateral movement is pretty solid. It's not Wembenyama, but mm, <laughs> no, yeah. nobody's Wembenyama. So, um, you know, still kind of same story there. Solid improvement, but also still has room to improve. Agreed. All righty, here's my, my diatribe, Ethan. Greg Popovich called Zach Collins the five of the future for a reason. His continued improvement last year earned him the starting center spot after the trade deadline, and his potential showed itself even more in that role. Zach has skills in the post and off the dribble and can shoot at all three levels on top of showcasing his playmaking ability last season. He's consistently approved on, def- on defense and has raised the idea of what his ceiling can be on that side of the court since we signed him. While he's still just 25 years old, the seventh-year big man is one of the few guys on the roster you would call a vet, and that role will only be amplified by his front court pairing with Victor. He'll effectively be Wemby's personal security in the paint this season, so, so be thankful he's up to the challenge. I had to say that because he was Richard Jefferson in the, in the Road Trippin' podcast. He was like, you know you're going to be Wemby's enforcer, right? And he was like, yeah, I know. Like He was willing to do that, though. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. And there's not a lot of guys, as, as much as we do talk about, especially with Wemby, like San Antonio being more attractive, there's just not a lot of guys at his age with his skill set that are like, yeah, I'm willing to come play second fiddle. You know, immediately. Yeah. I'm just really willing to go play that role and just be, you know, like the Bill Lambeer. You know, obviously his game's very different, but I think you'll get what I'm saying in this sense. Not some guys, you know, they have too much pride or ego for that, but he's willing to do that. So that's why I said be, be thankful for that uh, or be thankful he's up to the challenge. Um And then I said, but while he'll be Wemby's enforcer next season, playing next to him should open up some looks offensively for himself and also help Zach out on defense. I'm excited to see how he can showcase his skills with a fully healthy roster and a generational talent next to him. Ditto. Everything that you said, I agree with. You know, it's funny, though. You said Bill Lambeer. I think that was actually his draft night comparison. Really? I'm pretty sure. 
I'll have to go back and check, but wow. I, when he was drafted, like you know, how they're like, let's take a look at his NBA right. pump. I think that was Bill Lambeer for him. <laughs> Remember Lonnie was D Wade? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there have been some there have been some really right. bad ones, and there's been some pretty accurate ones. So that's pretty funny that they just kind of pulled that name out of your that head. That is funny. Cause you know, I wouldn't think of that because you that's know, pretty, Zach's it's Zach, close. It it is pretty close, but you think about you know, I also think about Zach's face up ability. Yeah. And that's not it, something that screams Bill Lambeer. But when it comes to that nasty. Well, he was a, he was like the first pick and pop threat. There you go. Bill Lambeer was shooting that threes is a good and long point. twos. That so is like, a good point. I forgot about that. Yeah, and enforcer. So you're right. It was, it was a pretty good comp. Give yourself credit, Jude. There you go. Uh, Clap it up. Clap it up for me. <laughs> Overall, though, I think you you hit the nail on the head with Zach Collins. Just an incredible story from a guy that you know we signed not knowing what we were going to get. Right. Injured for basically a year, if not, and he was going to be injured for another season. You know, played in the G League for us for a couple games to get ready for the NBA. A lot of guys had written him off as a someone mm-hmm. that we shouldn't bring back long term. And last season, when he gave him the opportunity as a starter, really embraced it and improved in so many different facets of his game. So, hopefully, knock on wood, praying for health uh, for him right. moving forward, he can be a contributing piece for us long term. Especially after what Pop said about him being the, the center of the future. I completely agree, and I think that he, you know, he has. I mean, you never know because he's still 25, but mm-hmm. as of right now, it seems like his trajectory would be not basically what I'm trying to say is we can afford him long term. Yes, probably. that's what I'm trying to get, get get across here with that statement. Is Correct. That, and I don't want to like I said, I'm not trying to down on Zach or anything, but like because, you know, it's not like he's going to be an all star or anything, but he's still, you know, a, a, an above average player. It's it's just when you consider the makeup of the roster, it's, it's it just feels like it was a perfect signing. It's like maybe mm-hmm. they were seeing this stuff before. Now we're realizing it, Ethan. It's like maybe yeah. they have their jobs for a reason. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of guys in the NBA, a lot of role players that are easily replaceable. Mm-hmm. And, and there's no disrespect there, but what they do can easily be found elsewhere. I don't know if Zach Collins is easily yeah. replaceable. I agree with that. And, you know, you mentioned his story, Ethan, and, and not to go too long on this one, but that's why I brought up the three player options earlier. Yeah. Because when the Spurs signed him to that contract with a big man, you know, with those lower body injuries, you just never know how it's going to go. Yeah. And and so they wanted to be able to have, you know, security. The, the, the security to be able to, if, you know, the injury rehab process wasn't going well and he was going to have issues to, say sayonara like so the fact that he's you know gotten earned the the stripes if you will from pop by the end of this season on top of earning the starting center role mid-season um that that should just tell you what pop thinks is at collins which should give you a very very optimistic outlook on on his future in san antonio not saying he's going to be perfect but for what san antonio needs him to be mm-hmm. next to victor Wembanyama, it's very exciting ethan Agreed. All righty, y'all. Well, we appreciate you guys tuning into this one. Don't forget to hit that like and subscribe button below if you enjoyed the content. If you want to stay updated with the show, be sure to go ahead and follow us on Twitter at SSPN on YT, at Jude McLaren, and at Ethan underscore Quintero to stay updated with everything. We'll catch y'all in the next one. Go Spurs go. See y'all later.